thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Let's Be Blunt with Montel, where we talk about everything and anything cannabis and hemp related to make sure we give you some information to help you kind of navigate this really ridiculously daunting uh, field out here when you're going out to dispensaries and going out to make some decisions for your family and trying to decide whether or not you want to get involved in this. You know, I want to make sure you have enough information to educate you enough to make some really good decisions. And today, I'm really happy to have a very special guest with us today. He's the founder and CEO of Recess, a a recreational wellness brand creating hemp products and experiences designed to help people feel balanced. He serves on the board of directors for the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, the main industry coalition mobilizing the hemp industry. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Benjamin Witte to Let's Be Blunt. Thanks so much for being here, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Why don't you describe exactly what your company is so we can get a, a baseline? What, what, is, what is Recess? Yeah, so I think of us broadly as a consumer wellness brand. We create products like our sparkling water, which is infused with CBD uh, hemp extract, as well as adaptogenic herbs uh, designed to help you feel kind of balanced and calm, uh, as well as experiences. So uh, we have a big focus on our Instagram. We do you know, multiple events per week. Um, and it's all kind of designed to create a lifestyle of helping people kind of deal with the world, the stressful world uh, mm-hmm. around them to, again, help them feel calm and balanced so they can be their most productive and creative self. When you say uh, experiences once a week or, or what kind of experiences? So right now uh, we, ha- we, we create a lot of content for Instagram. We're about to uh, launch an editorial platform uh, in about two months on our own website where we'll be kind of c- creating content daily. Uh, we do lots of events. Uh, and those kind of, what kind of events when you say events? What kind of events? So our brand's focused on kind of the creative community. So just like Red Bull uh, focused on the action sports community and Gatorade focused on professional athletics, we're focused on creative. So music, fashion, art, design, internet culture, that's kind of who we're speaking to. So we partner with different brands and different creators to create experiences uh, for that community. So like when you say an event though, what kind of event would I go out to this week? So it could be anything from uh, a dating mixer with Bumble uh, to a panel with different entrepreneurs in the cannabis space about Mm -hmm. what it takes to kind of create a business uh, in this environment. And when people come to an event like that, are they there to experience hemp-based CBD? What are they there to experience? So that's Look, the hemp CBD is very much in the background. So my whole thesis when starting the brand is that uh, I believe CBD is like the caffeine of the 21st century. So if you think about... To me, CBD is just a compound no more interesting than caffeine or whey protein, just ultimately kind of a commoditized functional ingredient that's going to be added to many things. And the value would be kind of creating the right applications. So sparkling water versus a plain water versus an iced tea or dissolvable tablet versus a powder, you name it, we can do it. But most importantly, building the brand on top of the ingredient. So similar to, you know, caffeine, Starbucks doesn't market caffeine. It markets the experience of like, you know, taking a break throughout your day to go grab a coffee. Sure. Red Bull and Monster don't market caffeine and taurine. Markets Red Bull gives you wings. So our strategy is actually for CBD to fade to the background, be very much a brand first play. Because eventually CBD will fade into the background. I mean, because it's just one of, you know, many cannabinoids that have a a beneficial effect. And, you know, I think, if, you know, locking in, uh, I've had many, uh, many conversations with uh, even Dr. Sanjay Gupta about this, the fact that, you know, he did a lot for the hemp cannabis industry by mm-hmm. drawing attention to, but at the same time, he kind of sent people down the wrong path. Yep. Because CBD by itself isn't necessarily 
the end all. And I, we're starting, we've realized that and we've known that for quite a long time. Yep. So we use broad spectrum hemp extract, which includes naturally occurring CBD, as well as the, all the other compounds and terpenes found in hemp, sure. which create a much more efficacious feeling. Sure, sure. Now, as you promote, there's so many ridiculous restrictions on even identifying any what we call benefit. So how do you get around that? So we make no kind of medical claims. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we focus, like our tagline is calm, cool, collected. Mm -hmm. So most other brands out there are saying, you know, CBD or brand X reduces anxiety. We're, we're more about kind of a, a high level feeling. So we described as calm, cool, collected, not tired, not wired, mm -hmm. an antidote to modern times. So again, it's very, we're a very narrative driven first brand, you know, not marketing the ingredients. So one of the things I observed, observed kind of broadly in the cannabis space, both you know, marijuana as well as hemp, is we're all just kind of selling the ingredient. When again, I think ultimately it's going to be brands that win. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your background before you got into the cannabis industry. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, I grew up in Southern California. I was always kind of a, a creative um, and an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. uh, you know, at my core. Uh, I spent the first seven years of my career in San Francisco in the technology space, working for early stage tech startups. Um, I've been a you know cannabis user uh, for a long time, um, but I didn't you know I was not a you know I didn't I, I kind of came up with the idea because I was searching for a startup uh, to start, and about two and a half years ago I observed kind of CBD oil bubbling up on the periphery, um, you know at kind of health food stores and stuff, and since I've always been a naturally kind of stressed out, anxious, wired millennial. Mm -hmm. uh, I started experimenting with CBD oil myself. And when I started using CBD oil kind of regularly throughout my day, I felt much more balanced and even keeled. And again, as a result, I felt more productive, more creative, and less stressed out and anxious. And I just had a number of insights from that experience. The first being, I'm not the only one that feels this way. I think stress and anxiety is one of the biggest issues of the 21st century. Um, and it's only over the past couple of years that people acknowledge it um, and increasingly seek out solutions, whether that's lifestyle choices or compounds they put in their body designed to help them kind of, again, feel more even keeled. Um, the second insight, you know, as I described earlier, was that, you know, CBD, the compound was effective for me, but the user experience of putting CBD oil that tastes like grass on your tongue is not a great one. I don't think it's going to be very mainstream in the future for, you know, people to do that. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's just going to be an ingredient that's added to many things and, Again, the value would be creating the right application and formulation, and again, most importantly, building the brand on top of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I you know, started to think about this, I, it literally never even occurred to me to look at the cannabis space to start a business in or look at the kind of beverage or CPG space. I literally did not know a single person that worked in the, either of those industries. Uh, but what I observed was that it's you know the most brand CPG, consumer packaged goods, is the most brand-driven category on the planet because you know, when you think about it, you want someone to walk into a store and choose you know, recess over Spindrift or recess over, you know, brand XYZ. Mm -hmm. And so that lends itself to, you know, brand marketing. Think about, you know, Red Bull and Monster and Coca-Cola, how much they spend on marketing. And so I saw an opportunity to kind of build a beverage brand in a new way. So I look at recess as, you know, the first digitally native beverage brand. We've really built the brand uh, on Instagram and through mm -hmm. kind of word of mouth marketing. We spent no money on paid media so far. And then the fourth insight was around the regulatory um, kind of dynamics of hemp and CBD. Right. At the time, CBD was still a controlled substance and the law. You know, and it still is a controlled substance. No, that's not true. No, well, yeah. Depending on what state. 
Yeah. So basically, what happened was like you yeah, know, well, you know, the, the 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 U.S. government owns the patent on CBD. Th- that's a different. Whenever they, whenever they choose to step in and regulate, they can choose. To step no, that, in that's a different issue. It's not. Right. It's you know, that doesn't mean it's a controlled substance. It means you know, there there are still a bunch of gray area issues we're navigating. Some really ridiculous gray areas. But issues. you know, basically about. 13 months ago, a piece of legislation called the Hemp Farming Act passed, yes. which was introduced by Mitch McConnell. You ask yourself, like, why does Mitch McConnell introduce the Hemp Farming Act? He lives Act? in Kentucky and wants to make sure that he satisfied his growers and farmers exactly. in Kentucky who were looks missing out on, you know, part of that revenue share. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. So really, the Hemp Farming Act was, uh, you know, a red state farmer's bill. It effectively says, you know, we want hemp to be the future crop of America. And when I heard about that, I'm like, wait a second. So, you know, right now, CBD is still a controlled substance, you know, viewed like marijuana. But the Hemp Farming Act effectively separates marijuana from hemp, um, and if that passes, you know, you know, basically all farmers in all fifty states are going to start to cultivate hemp, and they're going to want to market for their hemp, and that's recess, right? So we're still going through this process to determine, you know, how CBD can be used in many types of products, foods, beverage, supplements, beauty, pet food. They're all going to be regulated differently, but uh, we think, you know, pr- relatively soon. Uh, you know, formal set of guidelines are going to be released. And when that happens, CBD is just going to become an ingredient, again, no different than caffeine or whey protein. And hemp was available, a lot of people don't know this, hemp was available in food products prior to the hemp bill. You could order hemp seed protein in this country. And, you know, unfortunately, you could order it, you could consume it, you could eat it. The majority of it before the hemp bill was literally imported hemp. Mm-hmm. Um, like 99% of it was imported hemp. We were doing close to, you know, uh, uh, billions of dollars in sales in imported hemp products in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, we have the hemp bill and now making it okay. But, you know, you still have the USDA, the FDA trying to now lord over the ability to included in food products, products included in beverages. So how mm-hmm. did you get around being able, again, you're using the term broad hemp mm-hmm. rather than the term CBD. Mm-hmm. So there's a distinction between isolated CBD, which is just one compound found within the hemp plant, as well as hemp extract, which includes all of the compounds and terpenes found in hemp, including naturally occurring CBD. I identified that the, you know that the Hemp Farming Act wasn't the end of the road. It was really the beginning of the road. Mm-hmm. It just shifted the regulation from the DEA to the FDA. And that given that CBD isolate was approved as a drug, a, a pharmaceutical drug, that I would not want to use that ingredient, that I'd want to use hemp extract with naturally occurring CBD and be able to make the argument that they're two fundamentally different compounds and that they would be regulated differently. Um, I've been extremely engaged kind of behind the scenes. So I'm on the board of directors of the U.S. Hemp Roundtable, mm-hmm. as you kind of said at the introduction. That's the main industry coalition uh, that kind of it consists of the farmers, the processors, and brands like ourselves. Um, and we work with Mitch McConnell and the FDA um, to kind of advocate uh, for you know for formal clarity uh, of the space. Uh, I agree that it is kind of the wild, wild west right now, and that the biggest risk to recess and other legitimate brands is bad actors. And so we want uh, formal regulation to occur as soon as possible. And there are a lot of bad actors in this business right now. Especially using, you know, just some of the the, the most grotesque extraction uh, uh, properties or, or or processes, and most people can't identify the amount of the product that they have within a product that's being sold. Mm-hmm. 
So from a consumer standpoint, what are you doing to help to educate the consumer? Yeah, so uh, on our- we're, That's uh, what Recess would be all about. Yeah, in yeah, a yeah. Sense. So on our website, uh, we have a page where you can uh, kind of see like what's inside the can and go deep into the different functional ingredients we use to deliver this effect. So again, in addition to the broad spectrum hemp extract, we also use a couple different uh, adaptogenic herbs. So adaptogens are a class of herb that help you adapt to stress. In the next version of our can, we're actually adding a QR code to the back and you're going to be able to kind of point your you know, phone at the QR code and it's going to drive you to a landing page where you'll be able to see the test results, uh, the amount of CBD and mm -hmm. uh, the quality in every batch of recess we make. Uh, so our approach is to be very kind of proactive and at the forefront of quality and compliance in the space. And and how have you looked at, I mean, as you look and see the way consumers think about the product, how are they reacting to this? Consumers love recess. So we're, you know, we're only 13 months old. We scaled from me and my apartment and one other person to over 30 full-time employees. We're carried in over 3,000 re retailers uh, between right now just New York and LA primarily. We're about to launch a number of new cities uh, over the coming months. Uh, we've built out just an extraordinarily strong executive team from uh, you know executives from the top uh, beverage companies uh, in the industry. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're building a legitimate organization. And, and now, and again, not only along with the beverage, you're also doing what you were talking about experiences, how are the consumers responding to this experiential? Yeah. So again, I think the wrong marketing approach uh, in this space, in particular for beverages, would be to just focus on, you know, the, the medical benefits. So, you know, saying recess reduces anxiety or recess reduces stress would not be an effective marketing strategy. So the way I think about it is like, what do I want someone to feel when they take a recess? I want them to feel kind of thoughtful, creative, calm, uh, introspective. Um, and so all of the kind of uh, content and experiences that we create uh, is that kind of ourselves. Um, and so again, our, our approach is to you know, invest in content, digital content that consumers want to engage with deeply and share with their friends as well as experiences. And so that's event our own events we throw or other events kind of we integrate into uh, that allows kind of consumers to engage with like the brand ethos. And so on the, you know, the back of the can, it says we can't a feeling. Ultimately, I think that's what we're selling is a new type of feeling. Okay. You know, I think mean, one of the things that I found in really bouncing around the country and I've been involved in the entire cannabis process now for 20 years, mm -hmm. long before it became this Vogue thing and a green mm -hmm. rush, you know, I, I, it's, it's been literally, I still think that the issue that that's affecting the industry today more than anything is the lack of education to consumers. Mm -hmm target a product or target our products after one demographic when we've known and now seen very clearly that, you know, the, probably the largest demographic in this country that would be, you know, willing to put up disposable income, having mm -hmm. the most disposable income is baby boomers. Mm -hmm. And the majority of uh, the targeted marketing is towards, you know, millennials or exennials who really aren't buying as much as people think. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing to help to bridge that gap along yep. with that with that demographic. Yeah, so I mean, we do a couple of examples would be that we do demos in grocery stores all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so when we launch new markets, we have a pretty large kind of field marketing and brand ambassador organization uh, that goes to you know some of our prominent uh, retail partners, and we do demos where we educate consumers about what's inside and you know how they can use the product. Mm -hmm. 
And one of the interesting things about recess is just how many forms of taking a recess there are. So there's a group of people that like to take a recess right when they get up in the morning to start their day, their day calm, and another group of people that like to take a recess before they go to bed. The core use case is, I call it 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. You're at your office, you're at lunch, you know, as a substitute for your two o'clock coffee. It's working really well kind of at fitness studios before or after a workout. We think we have as big of an opportunity on-premise, so at bars, restaurants, and you know, nightlife as mm -hmm. kind of off-premise. And so there's just not that many types of products uh, that make sense to be sold at that many types of different you know, retailers, right? And is it, have you have feedback from a consumers? What's their hesitancy before stepping over the fence and purchasing a product? Yeah, it's like, will this get me high? So that's, mm -hmm. you know, edu you talked about education, right. you know, CBD versus THC. A lot of consumers are, are still confused by that. Mm -hmm. You know, will I fail a drug test? Um, is another common question. And that's, again, part of the problem is that that's because of source material. Exactly. Yep. Right. And which is why we use broad spectrum hemp extract. Right. So broad spectrum means verifiably 0.0% .0 THC. Right. And now you have to, to even even there are companies out there that have been sending out extracts claiming to be 00.0% THC. And now we're finding out on the other end of the stick that there is a little THC in there because yep. they use the process to extract that wasn't as pure as they claim to be. Yeah. What I like to think though is like, look, so you do third party testing. Yeah. We do third party testing of every batch. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, our approach is we want to be perceived and viewed uh, from all partners as well as consumers as the most kind of, uh, you know, ahead on quality compliance and thought leadership in the space, which we clearly, we, we are. And when you talk to our partners, um, and so just, you know, you got to do the work, but you know, what I like to think about is that, you know, 13 months ago, CBD was still a controlled substance and mm -hmm. you couldn't legally grow it. Right. And so we're in literally day zero of the potential of this compound. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now what's, what is one of your biggest challenges that you're faced with right now? Regulatory still, uh, the, uh, the kind of uncertainty, the lack of, uh, formal guidelines around the use of this compound in kind of food and beverages as well as supplements is really limiting our growth. So we're in 3,000 retailers you know, nationwide right now. But if that was clear, that would be literally probably 20,000. We've, we we've talked to every national retailer who wants to carry the product, um, and they're just waiting for kind of formal guidelines from the FDA. And, you know, put on a crystal ball for a second. And when do you think that those formal guidelines will come down? Because it seems like, you know, the FDA is taking a step back right now. Yep. And literally, now they didn't throw their hands up, but aren't going to put out guidelines. I kind of feel like it may be being done to continue to thwart the growth of the industry rather than, you know, not because they haven't had the time to do so. Yep. I think it's a deliberate attempt at thwarting the growth of the industry. So look, the FDA is, you know, historically moves pretty slow. Um, you know, they did release a letter uh, in December um, kind of clarifying their position that this is still, um, you know, we're continuing to work on updating this set of guidelines, but they did send letters to 15 bad actors. So when you think about it, if the FDA really wanted to slow the growth of the industry, they would have sent us a letter or some of the other legitimate brands in the space a letter, but they didn't. They sent letters only to, you know, the worst actors that are marketing to children, claiming it cures cancer, things like that. And so, that indicates to me that they're, again, continue to work on this formal set of guidelines. Uh, we're starting kind of formal uh, kind of quality, uh, kind of safety trials uh, for recess um, and working with our suppliers to kind of go through a process to get uh, the ingredient itself uh, kind of certified as generally recognized as safe. 
Um, but in the meantime, kind of, and, and they haven't done that. That's that's the one thing that that really kind of throws me about the FDA is that they have not issued a letter talking about generally recognized mm-hmm. as safe when this is a product that has been generally recognized as being safe for over a hundred years. Yep, which is ridiculous to me. Yeah, I mean, they view technically, I think they view you know CBD as differently than hemp seeds, right? So technically, some you know when you're buying hemp protein, hemp seeds, you're not seeing- CBD is in it. It's yes, but I think it's not isolated. So that's one of the arguments I made is that right. we're not an isolated CBD company. We're a hemp extract company, right. and those are two different things. But in the meantime, basically every state is acting on their own to pass legislation to enable the ecosystem to thrive. Because what's happened is because the Hemp Farming Act passed, it kind of uh, incentivized all these farmers to who used to grow corn, soybeans, and tobacco to transition to hemp. Um, and so you have all these farmers that started to grow hemp, and there's not a big enough market for the crop because there's not enough places to sell this, right? So recess would be literally 10 times the size it is today uh, you know, if the regulatory environment was more clear. And so you have a bunch of different interests here that ultimately is going to push this over the line. Capitalism is going to prevail here. The national retailers want this to happen. Well, you say capitalism will prevail, but I mean, I can't see uh, this current we're in an election year, so let's let's throw this year out because this is not going to happen. There's not going to be regulations this year. And then depending on who sits in the main seat, controlling what efforts the FDA puts into this, you know, it could be another four years before the FDA has a administration that would look favorably upon making any changes whatsoever. And then... You know, you got another election year and then a possible another two years before whoever comes in after that to think, mm, I can get away with this because if I'm going out the door, I can still make that decision. So I, I, I kind of disagree. I mean, okay. I think hemp versus marijuana are going to be two completely separate issues. Even, even from that standpoint. Yeah. Well, then why does Mitch McConnell support it? Like, you know. But, you know, the, when you look at Mitch McConnell, he, you know, pushed for the farm bill, got it passed. Made sure he took care of his boys just so he could stand up and say, I've done something. But what else has he done after? Because his boys are hurting because they're because if you know farmers want to market for their crop in order for the demand side to exist, the regulatory environment needs to be clarified. And so those trust me, I talk to those farmers all day. They want the same thing we do. Yeah, I just I, I met with one of the biggest farmers in this uh, farms in this country that'll start delivering, you know, hopefully start growing and and delivering product. Uh, I was with them a week ago and one of the biggest hemp farms in the entire North America that will probably be a USDA sanctioned hemp farm. Mm-hmm. So I've been meeting with and talking. This is what I do mm-hmm. also like now on a, on a daily basis. And, you know, the concern is that even though we've passed that farm bill, not much has happened since. I agree. I, and, I... and right now, while the Senate is mired in, an impeachment protocol procedure, and then we'll be mired in a re-election. And McConnell himself will be working on his own re-election. You know, you're at least looking at a full year before any changes really come out of the FDA. And then, you know, who knows over the course of that next four years, depending on who gets in office, it could be five years. We'll see. Look, I don't, there's not another issue I can think of that has as much bipartisan support Mm -hmm. as hemp. Ron Wyden and Mitch McConnell agree on nothing except hemp, right? right? And there's also not another issue I can think of that has as many vested interests uh, that are aligned with ours. When you think about it, 
you know, Target, Whole Foods, Walgreens, CVS, they all want to be able to sell these products. Mm-hmm. Big CPG, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, you know, Kraft, et cetera, all want to be able to use this ingredient across, you know, their portfolio of brands as well as launch new brands. You have the farmers that want this to happen. You have the processors, you have manufacturers. So you have all these interests. Again, we're working behind the scenes with them all. Mm-hmm. And so you look, I'm optimistic that this is going to be pushed through. I'm also optimistic that, you know, the FDA is going to kind of uh, realize that the cat's out of the bag, so so to speak. Hey, you hope that they would realize, come on, 34 states and the District of Columbia are already passing some form of legislation allowing for marijuana. I mean, we're beyond the halfway point. Yep, I totally agree. And I've been now behind the halfway point for three years. You know, it's just like, I, I just say, it, it, it baffles me how our politicians can just sit back and say, well, we'll get this done. I, I agree. I found the most the, the most depressing thing about the fact that there is so much bipartisan support is that despite that, they still can't get anything done. Right. right? So how about take an issue where there isn't bipartisan support that's very controversial? Sure. Nothing's going to get done. Nothing's so, going to get done. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So now what do you think is the future, the immediate future for recession? You're still going to continue to slow roll out. I guess that's what we call it. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, we're launching a bunch of new markets. Um, we are, you know, building the brand. And so right now we're only two in two states and we're, you know, we're in about 2000 retailers just in New York city, despite this gray area. Right. Mm-hmm. So we still have a, a big business and, um, this is a unique opportunity because of the regulatory dynamics, but as soon as that, you know, flips and it could be, you know, six months could be a year, sure. might be five years, right. but the opportunity is so large. Like what is the you know market size of caffeine? Right. It's quite large, right? Yeah, and so I I legitimately think CBD is going to be as big as caffeine. And so, you know, from my perspective, you know, we're playing a very long game and it's worth it to navigate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how about, um, are you coming out with any other products? What are your product line looks like? Yeah. Talk so we launched, we got three new flavors launching uh, in March. Uh, right? Again, these are still beverages. Yeah, these are beverages. Okay. So our first product line is a line of you know, flavored sparkling water. Um, so we have three flavors, peach, ginger, blackberry, chai, and pomegranate hibiscus. We have three new flavors launching in March. Uh, we're already working on developing new product lines. Um, so you know, a couple ideas that are kind of obvious as we're looking at like a dissolvable tablet, a powder that you can add for on the go, other forms of ready-to-drink beverages. So it could be an iced tea, it could be a plain water, you name it, we can do it. Uh, there's a cadence, though. We don't want to introduce too many new products too early. Right. I think a lot of these CBD brands that come out with like a hundred things at once just make no sense. They confuse consumers and brands don't know what to associate it with. Um, and while CBD or recess has, you know, a lot of buzz and awareness for a one-year-old brand, you know, relatively speaking, you know, most Americans don't even know what it is. And so right. we don't want to go into new markets. With and if horrible. people wanted to find out a little bit more about it, what's the website so they can go up on yeah, it? Yeah, our website's takearecess.com and our Instagram is takearecess.com. And they can go up on those website or Instagram and get information, understand what this is. Yep, and you can buy it online too. Right, okay. Go ahead we offer free shipping. Oh, that's great. And it can cross state lines because, again, it is a hemp-based product. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, that it's products like this that will literally change the dynamic uh, nationwide because again as you start to educate and it's the consumers that's the, one of the biggest issues that i run into everywhere i go it's like most people still are asking questions why it's tbd and why can i can i really do that and go to work you know so the more and more education you put are you thinking about anything national from a, an education standpoint like we're gonna you know until we do like national tv or anything big you know not you know we've had a tremendous amount of press so 
three front page New York Times articles, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, there is a lot of awareness. Most of those articles do mention the fact that, you know, CBD is non-psychoactive. You can't pass a drug test, et cetera. Um, we're, you know, we're exploring forming an alliance with other brands in the space to create education uh, around the compound. And so you, I would expect to see things like that. Um, but, you know, until we have, you know, distribution in more states, we're not going to do any kind of national television or stuff like that. Are you staying in the beverage world? Are you coming up now beverages, everything related to from tablets, those tablets go into a beverage or into water so you can drink it? Or are you thinking about any other verticals as far as, you know, delivery system? Foods, so, uh, yeah, cookies. Uh, I'm a little skeptical of the of food for for recess uh, for the brand. I also think the world doesn't need another CBD oil. I think right. I think like uh, one million CBD oil brands is enough. Sure, sure. Um, so I think this is you know the opportunity. If you think about like how big a brand is, Red Bull and Monster Energy. Right. Monster Energy is a 36 billion dollar company that just sells 10 skews of an energy drink. No right. one drinks energy drinks after three o'clock. So you know, right. in theory, uh, we have a bigger opportunity than them. So. Sure. Uh, I think we're, I believe in kind of focus. Cool. Well, you can take a recess all day long. Yeah, that's right. right. That's the attitude. Exactly. Well, I can't tell you, thank you enough for being here with us today, sir. I mean, this has been an opportunity to let people understand that, you know, there are people out here working every single day to make the opportunity to consume hemp-based products easier. And, you know, and not just because they're trying to sell you something, but trying to actually, you know, help ease some of the stress in your life. So I thank you for what you've been working on. And uh, we're going to continue to spread the word. Benjamin Whitty is his name. And, you know, again, the company is called Recess. You can go up online at takearecess.com. And our Instagram handle is take a recess. Take a recess and try to figure out how to take a recess in your daily life every single day. You've been listening to Montel Williams. And this is, again, Let's Be Blunt. Make sure you tune in to the next Let's Be Blunt. Thanks so much for being here, sir. Thank you for having me.